Good morning. Oh, it's so good to see you all. I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. We're in the second week of our series, Practice Makes Purpose. And um, if I'm, have to be, I'm, I'm gonna have to be honest with you for a second. When Evie, when Pastor Evie hands me a book, I usually know there's gonna be a new sermon series attached to it. We have a lot of readers in our congregation. I am not one of them. Don't get me wrong, I listen to a ton of audiobooks, and I read a lot of articles and do other things like that, but I have not been a person that has ever really been able to just sit down and finish a book. I know, I get it, I'm the worst. A few months ago, Evie hands me a book, and it really took me a second to get my head around what it was trying to say, because this is the cover. Celebration of discipline. I was like, did I do something wrong? Is this an intervention? It's a come to Jesus moment with your lead pastor. Then I cracked the book open and started listening to the author speak about the stuff that I was, uh, and I was immediately taken to another place. Discipline has become such a negative word. And I think that's for good reason. Most of us think when we say discipline, we think about disciplining. Yeah? And as a parent of a 22-month-old, I don't feel qualified to speak about that. (laughs) But I think so much of our baggage around this word comes along with the the word discipline. For the most part, we wanted to think about for this series practices instead of disciplines. But I want you to hear this word. I want to talk to you about this word because you're going to hear it when you read something about spiritual practices or when you read something about other things. You're going to come up, you're going to come up and see that word spiritual disciplines because it is a traditional way that we have talked about these things that we're going to be talking about for this series. Some of you also might remember a series we did a long time ago uh, with Pastor Steve all the way back with Pastor Steve called Habits. That was one that we did together. Most of you have heard about spiritual practices through our four Gs, right? Which are, Jess, don't help Pastor Jess over here just giving away the answers. Start again. Wow. <laughs> I, re- I was like, I'm pumped that you all didn't even get, yeah, that was so good. Oh my gosh, under each, under each of those, we have specific actions that we've given as kind of a framework for what some of those spiritual practices can be. Now, so I'm gonna go into a few things that you've probably heard a ton before, but I promise I'm gonna get to the why. This is how we built our mission, vision, and values. Our mission, the mission of Plattwood Church is to inviting all people into full life together in Jesus Christ. So that begs the question, what does full life look like? To become a loving and welcoming community constantly formed by the shared spiritual practices, gather, grow, give, and go. 
So what do those spiritual practices look like? Gather, we gather for worship. Hey, you got it. We do the sacraments, we baptism, communion. We grow, we engage with scripture and prayer. We know that our lives are better when we engage in scripture and in prayer. And we learn so much by doing that together in community. We give, not only do we give financially, we do these kinds of things because they really matter. And like when we talk about giving, it's a big part of our lives and we should learn to be generous people. And we know that deep down in our core and we have to practice it together. But on the same side of that, we, do, we give like the world doesn't want us to. We break. We stop. We sit in the presence of God. We are not humans, as, Jess, as Pastor Jess likes to say, we are not humans doing, we are humans being. We go, of course we go, because we're activated. We are activated by the Holy Spirit. Acts of mercy and justice. We all know this. We all have this calling and this belief in our lives that we are supposed to do something. We are supposed to be part of something, to leave a better world, to make a better world right now, to impact everybody around us because of what the Holy Spirit has done in our own lives. And of course, we go on pilgrimages. We take, I want you to think about pilgrimage maybe as the way that you walk up to communion. That trek that you make every time that you walk up to communion is a pilgrimage. And we do that in different ways in our lives all the time. So what does a community look like that engages in these practices together? A people experiencing full life. We believe that. Okay, so why? Why should I care about spiritual practices at all? Why should, um, you know, I, I go to church. I, I'm in a small group. Some of you have been in Sunday school classes longer than I've been alive in this very building. You have a full-time job. Some of you have families. All of us have families, right? Some of us have kids. Is this just another thing my out-of-touch pastors are trying to add to my calendar? There is a longing within each of us, this curiosity that is pulling us somewhere. You're here in this place right now. You show up online. It takes courage to step into a community like this with all that you bring, your celebrations, your struggles, mountains, valleys, we come for belonging, not only to a community, but to the creator of the universe. We believe that these practices allow us to place ourselves before God so that God can continue to transform us. Like a team practices for their sport, we engage in a multifaceted journey to grow, stretch, learn, become something new. So I want to talk about, for the rest of my time, I want to talk about a few key points with 
with um, practices that I think we get wrong and they hold us back. Okay, here we go. First one, all of these spiritual practices are for like super spiritual types. They're not for me. God intends these practices to engage your spiritual life every day. You don't have to always have the answers. You don't have to have everything figured out. But these spiritual practices, these things that you're going to learn over the next few weeks, help us to find Jesus and reflect Jesus out into the world in your everyday job, your family, in the dishes, in the mowing, all of those things. Our materialistic world has given us doubts about our ability to engage with the spiritual world at all. If we are honest, when we talk about inward practices like meditation or things like that, you've heard this before, meditation is great. But when something is really happening, you better get up and do something. Like meditation is the wrong choice or that being considerate within, with your internal body is the wrong choice. Spiritual practices are for all people, period. Not just for those who are the super spiritual, not just for those who are maybe more liturgical in their practices. Practices are hard. They're boring. I don't have time for them. You've heard this, right? Everybody, I bet, I bet every single one of you thought this at one point. Come on, I did. I hate, I use that word really, really, uh, very, very loosely, but I hate running. I hate it. I hate it from the very first step. I hate it every step along the way. I hate it on the last step. But I know it's important. And I know the cardio is something that I need to do. So I've found ways to enjoy cardio. I enjoy cardio with my wife. I enjoy doing things with her. There's, a, there's some people in our congregation, um, I think of Sarah Schaefer, who, who exude, seem to exude joy as they are working out, and it just blows my mind. It is something that I just cannot fathom, but I know I can get there. At the center of God's hope for us with spiritual practices is one thing, joy. None of these spiritual practices, none of them, are meant to make you feel bad about yourself. None of these are meant, are meant to invoke guilt or shame. They're gonna stretch you a little bit. Yeah, that's good. They're gonna challenge you in some areas. That's good. But at the end of the day, what God hopes you, hopes you find and experience with these is joy. All right, here we go. Practices are for people who have a problem and sin a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good. 
If you don't believe me that this is a real thought, I want you to think about some of the things that we do in our lives. Be like, ah, I can, I mean, I'll go back to the exercise metaphor. I can get by without that, right? Like I'm, I'm not like, you know, better than I'm out of shape or I eat this or I do that. I want to think about how we think about sin. And I want to put something out there. We don't talk a lot about that. Um, it's a difficult thing to talk about. We all experience it though. And we don't want to hide from it. We want to recognize what it is. And I think this is really important for us in this place to talk about. Have you ever stood on the edge of the ocean or a river? As the water comes in and out, what does it do? It kicks up debris, sand, dirt, silt. It's a byproduct of the very movement of the water. We are the water. Our natural movements through life kick up dirt. Most of us here, <laughs> here, kidding. Most of us are not attempting to make little dust clouds everywhere we go. Most of us are not trying to stink up the world. Most of us are trying really hard. And I believe that. But we know that through the natural motions of our life, we get it wrong sometimes. We do stuff we're not proud of. We make a mistake. We yell when maybe we shouldn't have. Parents, you with me? The natural movement of our life kicks up this sin and these things in our lives that we're not proud of and that we want to get away from. So we live in that reality and we lean on Christ. What does lean on what does leaning on Christ look like practically? Because we say these words sometimes. Oh, I'm just, you know, just trying to get closer to God right now. I feel like I'm just I've I've, I've been led astray and I just I'm just really trying to get what what does that even mean? We constantly form ourselves in the image of God through practices. We constantly try to form ourselves into new people by placing ourselves in front of God. Two more. Well, if I just do these practices, I'm gonna have a full life, right? Check, done. We're good. The practices aren't laundry, okay? You can practice while you're doing laundry, but we don't just do laundry once, right? Parents, again, you hear me? <laughs> we repeat and repeat and repeat. We have our confirmation class this, uh, this afternoon, and um, I'd love to tell you that like, when, these, when these students are confirmed, like the, they're, they're like, they got it. Full life, right now. Full life, they got it. We know that's not the case. 
We know that it's still, we know that they're still going to have, they're still going to be kicking up dust a little bit here and there, maybe some of them more than others. We know that those things are going to happen. We know that the life continues to be life, right? If we treat practices as the mission, we have forgotten the why. We begin to worship our own will, our own ability to do the thing. Well, if I just do the practices, then I get full life, right? If I'm honest, this is the hardest part for me because I want to believe that people are good. I really do. I want to believe that people can do this and we can do it. If we strive, we can do it together. And that's important. I see organizations all over the world that are impacting just tons and tons and tons of people, even Christian organizations. But every time I see movement forward in anything, in any stage of life, we see the outward signs of that growth. And then we start to see sometimes, not all the time, the cracks reveal an inside. Some of us are lucky enough that when, uh, when our insides show to the world, that they see grace and love and mercy. But like me, others of us show cynicism, personal gain, selfishness, pride, when those dark areas of our lives are opened up. An interesting parallel to this is how Jesus speaks to religious folks at the time, at his time, about the law. Like our human will, the law has deficiencies. Both are fantastic substitutes for the outside, for the exterior. But just like the imagery Jesus uses, it holds up today. The law will leave us with shiny exteriors and decay on the inside. If we are hoping to be constantly formed and experience full life together, we have to address our interior life. There's only one thing that I believe can do that. So we lean on God to do that work. Last point. Well, now we can't do it, right? We can't do it on our own, so why even try? Right? Can't do it on our own. You just said that. Why even try? Makes sense. All our striving comes up lacking. We need God to transform us. Let's just wait for it to happen. God has given us these spiritual practices, these spiritual disciplines, as a means of receiving grace. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul says, those who sow to their own flesh will reap corruption, but those who sow to the spirit will reap eternal life. A farmer cannot grow crops on their own. They do all they can. They don't sit the bag on the ground and just pray that the crops come. They cultivate, they plant, they, they test 
They do all kinds of things. They figured out at some point that you can't grow the same crops in the same place for this year, so you put the corn over here and the wheat over here, and they've worked and strived and figured out how to do the best that they can. But at the end of the day, all they can do is place the the seed in the dirt. All they can do is be placed in the right circumstances and hope that God transforms something within them. You know, I can't get out without a sports metaphor. Last week in the Super Bowl, we saw one of the most extreme examples of intentional practice in sports history. Two Super Bowls out of 58 have ended with overtime. Two, just two. The chances of it happening are pretty low. Three years ago, the Chiefs played in a game that has come to be known as the 13-second game. Because of the outcome of that game, a game in which the Chiefs won and the Bills didn't even get a chance to have their star quarterback touch the ball in overtime, those rules were changed. This is the second Super Bowl that has been played underneath the new overtime rules. Not to get too insidery, but every analyst, every single analyst in the world believes that it is better to have the ball second in overtime. To the dismay of Patrick Mahomes, the 49ers in this previous Super Bowl elected to have the ball first. Let's watch this clip. There aren't many things that can happen on a football field that catch Patrick Mahomes by surprise. But this, this surprised him. I love that face. Oh my gosh. Players on the 49ers team have been filmed saying they did not even know the overtime rules had been changed. Players like Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones have said that they had said that they have been practicing and strategizing based on every possible outcome for overtime. Every possible outcome, including overtime. Placing themselves in the best situation to succeed. People have said this moment, that stare, was the moment that Patrick Mahomes knew he was winning another Super Bowl. (laughs) Now, the use of sports metaphors breaks down pretty quick. Your pastors, though, want you to feel Mahomes confident whenever you enter every single point of your life no matter what it is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, the highest highs and the lowest lows, we want you to have confidence that God is there with you, that you are ready, whatever comes, and that you have a support system around you that is connecting you to the Holy Spirit. Whether it's big or small, the practices we do put us in the best situation to experience God and therefore experience full life. The path is right in front of us. The world has chosen two ways, moral bankruptcy, I get mine, I don't care now how how I get there, or worship of the will, 
I can do this on my own. I care how I get there, or but I can do this all on me. God offers us a third way. We are in a space where we can have grace that is completely unearnable and totally unearned. Christian theologian who spoke against fascism in Nazi Germany coined the phrase, grace is free, but it isn't cheap. A conscious choice to place our spirits in the soil and cultivate the soil. Don't forget the path does not produce, the, the produce, produce growth. We believe that we are people of the physical and spiritual world. Whatever comes, we remain placed before God. The spiritual wholeness to accept everything that the world can throw at us, experiencing full life together in Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the ways in which you are moving in our midst and helping us to experience all of these things that life has together. And we are grateful for you. Amen.